What's up, everybody? Welcome to Learning with Bell Vista Studios. And this episode, well, basically the intent of this show is that we get the opportunity as a team to talk to people that are inspiring, inspiring us and doing epic things um, so we can be curious and learn from them. And this episode has, I know already, it's going to have a ton of value um, for people because I know Kerry's story. And if you are a freelancer, if you are a consultant, if you're someone that's looking to get a pay rise, thinking, should I go out on my own? Should I switch careers? Um, if you're having doubts about self-worth or like the value that you bring, this episode's going to be fire because I know Carrie's story because we've worked together in the freelance mastermind. Um, and I just want to start, Carrie, by recognizing you. And the one thing that stands out from our time together is the courage that you have. Um, and it's really special because, first of all, you didn't know anything about Bell Vista Studios. So you just kind of, I don't know, from nowhere, I get these like little things like someone's purchased something from the Creator Hub. And straight away, it was like freelance mastermind and the HCD stuff. And you signed up out of nowhere. So it's not like you're a part of our community. And then you like rocked up to your first session and you had like the printout of the playbooks and you'd already been going through them and you had your like marketing and business plan going and you were like I've got this and now help me and I just love that because you you're already a savvy business person but you were like I need help and that was really cool that's the first part and also like with our time together I set you really hard challenges um and you really embrace them and you definitely exceeded kind of I guess the results that you probably would have anticipated for yourself in taking on those so like yeah you are a pretty courageous person and I just want to recognize you for that oh thank you Kim <laughs> I'm so flattered that I I am inspiring enough to be on the podcast so thanks for having me you are most welcome. No, you truly are. And that's what I love is like, we always get to work with cool people that like for you is just like, well, do this. And then you'd go off and do your homework and come back and you're like, what's next? And you got really good results. So I love that kind of stuff. All right. So I'm going to, through the questions, people, you'll get her story as we go, but let's go back to the very beginning. Cause that first <laughs> coaching session you came to, you were basically like, I've got a business plan. Can I show it to you? And it had things like the services you were thinking about, mm -hmm. the marketing plan. You were trying to think of a name back then as well. Oh, yeah. And, I, was, um, I was, I felt lost. What's, it's funny to hear this now, how you're describing like how prepared I was, but that's not how I felt. Like I felt so lost at that time because I had, I had gotten to this point where, you know, I I started my business in 2017 and I, and so, and I, I went full time with it in 2018. So like I had clients, I was working, but I had, I had gotten to this point where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm just struggling to, or where is my business going? Like I was really good at doing work for clients. I was not really good at paying attention to what my business was, what are my service offerings and like, what is my purpose? Like, what do I want to build instead of what do I want to build for somebody else? Like what sort of products do I want to be doing? And so 
when I came, when I found you, <laughs> I had actually just been like searching hashtags on Instagram. <laughs> so that that's a good marketing strategy, by the way, that worked for both of us. Yes, you got me there. Um, and I guess it was just that as I was reading through your content and then I found the creator hub and I was looking through like all the stuff you had and I'm just like oh my gosh I'm I'm inspired like like these people like have it together this is who I need to be like figuring stuff out with cool. <laughs> um, but what uh I, and I think it and it led me down the path of I had never heard of human-centered design before um, that was a first for me. And I feel like as soon as, as soon as I picked that up, as soon as I learned action mapping and like started applying that, it, it just opened up so many possibilities. Like, um, I first was applying it to myself. Like what, what do I want? What, how, how can my days, weeks, months be so much better and more fulfilling instead of just, feeling like I'm kind of in this grind of just work, 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 work. <laughs> Cause that's not, I mean, yeah, that pays the bills, but that, what kind of life is that? That's not fun. <laughs> so, um, figuring out applying human centered design to, to myself and to my business, um, figuring out that I, you know, I was struggling with a name. I was struggling, like, what do I need an Instagram? Do I need a website? And once we talked, it was just like, well, no, what, what do you want to do? What are, what are your goals? Who do you want to work with? Well, why don't you just go out and talk to them and, and rework your contracts and rework your schedule? Um, and it just shifted everything because the stuff I was focused on initially for that first business plan, um, it turns out those were not my actual pain points, if that makes sense. Like, I thought I needed a website and I thought I needed, like, there were all these things that I thought I needed and I do need those eventually, but that was not what I needed right then to, to like really up-level what I was doing. Mm. Um, and I would say that one of the, one of the biggest shifts was in planning my weeks, uh, you know, normally I would just fill up, fill up my week with whatever my clients needed. Um, whatever work was going on, I would, I would go through and I would, you know, map out my week of this, this day I'm doing this project, this day I'm doing this project. And so my weeks would just fill up with, with the client work that I was doing. Um, and it really, what I had to learn back in April when we first started working together uh, was that that's not the only thing that I need to be doing in the week. Like I, I need to be scheduling in time for myself, things that I like to do, um, things that feed me, things that bring me joy. And also add like admin time, time for me to think about, you know, where I want my business to go, where, you know, what, what do I want to grow into? Um, what, what sorts of clients do I want to be working with? And then how, how do I grow those relationships who, you know, it's not just about doing the work. There's so much more to it. If I, if I was going to grow and expand, I needed to have time carved out to actually think about those things and plan those things. And I, I wasn't doing that. 
before April, which is why I had gotten burnt out and why I felt so lost. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it is incredible to think about like where I was then and, you know, where I am now, because now in August, just, what is that? April, May, June, July. So four months later, um, I, I won't say I've completely shifted my business model because I'm doing the same sorts of services and I'm working with the same clients. I've just shifted the way that I work with them. I've shifted um, the structure of my contracts. Um, that it, now it's more value-based instead of time-based, if that makes sense. Like it's instead of, so my contracts now have, um, instead of individual tasks, it's at its points of value that I'm bringing to the table. Um, and so it's an overall package opposed to just like, I'm going to do your email marketing. No, I mean, yes, that's part of the strategy, but that's not, it's not the, it's not the overall value that I bring. And I think recognizing that my value is, is more than just those checklists of things. It's the overall package of, you know, thinking about the problem and who, you know, everybody that's involved and how we're going to come up with a solution. Um, and especially, I know, I'm, I feel like I'm just like <laughs> rambling on here. I hope this hey, is there's useful lots of value. Somebody. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after, uh, after applying human-centered design to myself and my business, I've been so excited to help, you know, basically spread the word. <laughs> Now I want everybody to use human-centered design because I've had such great, such a great experience with it. Now I'm just like, oh, everybody needs to know about this. So even with my clients, I'm like, now here's this process we have to use. Love it. And, it, and, and it's been great. Like we have, I mean, it's opened up so many more conversations that we wouldn't have had before. And, and so that I feel like it's a it's a win-win situation there because when you start applying human-centered design, I'm getting more contracts. So that's good for my business, but I'm also providing more value. Like I'm able to help them more than I ever was before. So it it it's a it's a win-win. And that that's really what just feels good in my soul. <laughs> I can tell from your energy as well. Like it's, yeah, that's so cool. Okay. I want to go back to um, talk to us a little bit around how did you determine, do you have a website now? I don't actually. Okay, that's good. Good people because everyone's always like, I need a website and then, but um, so those priorities that you thought were important, like portfolio website, you were like, park, mm -hmm. these are my new priorities. How did you determine what the new priorities were for you at that time and place? Um, a lot of it was working with you, honestly, <laughs> and, but determine it, but, but I think it was identifying exactly what I wanted out of my day and out of my week. So, and, and what exactly needed to shift, um, as I was working, like basically pinpointing, like what's making me unhappy right now? Am I unhappy because I don't have a website or am I unhappy because I don't like my schedule? Mm, love that. Um, so once you really identify what the actual pain point is, and I, and I do, 
I do have plans. The master plan is for me to have a name, an official name, because I still don't have a name. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I have a name on my like tax ID and everything, but that's not my, that it's not something I want to use for branding. Um, so I don't, even right now, I don't really have a brand. I don't really have a website, but I do have plans. So by the end of this year, I will, but that's not the. Maybe. But yeah. I think. The important thing is when you run a business, you need clients and money, you know, and you've got, you've got contracts. So yes. you're running a successful business. This is like a very big, like kind of clearing of blockage for people is like, you're running a successful business, doing really good work and being valued by your clients without a name, without a website, without a brand and all that kind of stuff. So that's but I will point. say, I think the important piece that I've recognized here and that I have prioritized above everything else is relationships, like my connections with people and adding value to the people that I'm working with. Um, that's the key, I think, beyond anything else. Okay. So how, how are you adding value to those relationships? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, um, I think it's a matter of just being, I'm having to think about this now. <laughs> um, so with the clients that I'm working with, I, I think it's because I'm not looking at them like money bags, if that makes sense. Like I'm looking at them as people that I want to work with and that I, I want to provide an exceptional service for. I want to continue working with them. I want them to be happy with what I'm providing. Um, and it's, like I said, it's not just looking at it to say like, how, how much money can I get out of this? Now, obviously that's a piece and it needs to be valued. I'm not downplaying that at all. Cause that was a big piece that me and you like went through of like, you have to like, what sort of value are you bringing to the table? But I think at the same time, realizing like, um, while that's important, that's not the only piece. Like, um, I, I think the value that I'm bringing is that I can understand their, the same way I had to look at myself and figure out my pain points. I have to, to interview them or not, even, I mean, talk with them and figure I can identify their pain points and then help them solve real world problems um and actually now using human-centered design which is it, <laughs> asking more questions being curious I and I think a big piece of it is is like I don't have to go in knowing all the answers I just have to go in and ask the right questions because typically they know what they need to do and they and they even know what like because a lot of stuff I do is design work and I can't make a design. I can't make a communications plan. I can't build a training product without them communicating with me like what they need. So my job is not to necessarily figure out what they need is to ask them the right questions so they can tell me what they need. <laughs> if that may, like, yeah. but that's, but that's such a huge shift. Like it, um, it feels kind of crazy because, you know, initially I was like, I'm not the expert. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'll have to be the expert. 
I just have to keep asking questions and digging deeper. And then all of a sudden it just falls into place and I can build something and then everybody's happy. That's cool. <laughs> How do you know what questions to ask? Um, well, um, a lot of times it just, it comes now, like asking more about like, tell me more about this. It's not, I don't really have a formula, I guess, if that's what you're um, asking about. It's a, uh, I think it's just a matter of always asking why, and like what you said, always asking what else. Mm. Um, but um, I don't know, sometimes now I will go into uh, identifying like, who this is for if we're if we're going to do a can't like recently one thing a, a project that i recently worked on they wanted a brochure okay well who's it for what are you trying like what what sorts of messages do you want to convey um what what's the desired action that you want the person on, like who reads the brochure to take um and, and for, you know, going from there, like what, what do you want them to take from this? So it becomes more about, so for this was a really small project actually, cause like I said, it was just a brochure, but um, figuring out it, it goes so much deeper than just, well, what content and pictures do you want? Send them over. It's no, who, like, who is this for? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to feel when they're reading this? Um, how do you want them to engage with your organization? How do you, um, how do you want them to respond? Do you want them to have an emotional reaction? Like, let, let's think this through, like what, uh, of how this is gonna work. Um, then how, where, where are they gonna be? Where, where is this person gonna be when they get the brochure? Who is giving it to them? Um, all, all of these pieces that help you create a much better piece of marketing than you would have had otherwise. And I, and I guess that kind of, leads into you know how how do I add value I since I now know to ask those questions it's more I I'm not just taking an order I'm not just creating a brochure you know to make it look pretty I I want this to actually achieve the goals that you initially set out for it to achieve so it's not just a piece of paper you're actually going to be able to raise the money for your capital campaign like that so yeah, that <laughs> that's golden. And if anyone, if this is resonating, these questions and how you've diagnosed that and got to, it's not just a brochure. This is the problem we're solving. This is Kerry's right. applying human-centered design right now. Which is crazy because I um I say it's I guess it's not crazy. It's just it's so brand new to me, and I'm not you. <sighs> Even a year ago, if this project had come up a year ago, I would have treated it completely differently. Um, and the fact that, you know, I, I've had the experiences that I've had now, I've learned about the human-centered design. I'm, I'm asking those deeper questions to try to figure out the, like, the heart of what they're trying to do instead of the <laughs> just the brochure. Um, it, it has allowed me to step into more of uh, I don't know, more of a consultant, like, tr or trusted advisor, I guess is the best way. I've, I've become more of a trusted advisor than just a, oh, Carrie's good at graphic design, let her do it. Like, 
And so the value there is so much more, but it's also so much more rewarding for me. Like I'm providing a better value and I just feel so much better by the, like when we complete a project, like when we, we actually finally sent that brochure to press yesterday and got them all printed out. And like, I'm going, yay, (laughs) I want to celebrate. (laughs) So it's fun how that ends up working out like that. Mm. That's cool. Um, so I guess one of the things like that we kind of worked on together was at the time you were negotiating a contract yes. and I remember it like it was a job that you loved it was a company you really enjoyed. Um, you were earning respectable money. You were doing meaningful work, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's coming up, but I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. Like the conversation negotiating that contract's cool but let's take a step back. And I really pushed back on you and like, was like, what are your goals? Like, what do you, what's your ultimate life look like? So I know you were eager to be like, no, but I've got a contract to negotiate. And I was like, just wait, we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Like, I'm so glad you did that too. (laughs) Okay. Talk to us about that. The value of creating your ultimate life. Um, Because I think I had this idea that uh, the more money I make, the happier I'll be. And yeah, okay, yes, I guess, but it's deeper than that. You gotta, it's not just that surface level. It's okay, well, if I, if I get this higher paying contract, but if I don't have things in place to take care of myself and to be, you know, building my ultimate life, then what's the point? Like, if, if I'm just gonna be grinding away and working and 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 I think that's really where I was I was struggling because you're right this this particular client is near and dear to my heart it it's um it's a nonprofit that I I really believe in their mission like heart and soul so I I want I really want to help them out and I, and I've even said in the past like I really at some point, if I, if I can grow and expand to the point that I would like to, at some point I would really like to help them and that just be a, not have to charge them. Like that would, I would love to be able to do that. So that that's, and I say that just to convey like how much I believe in them and how much I like love and respect this organization. Um, so it was really difficult for me in these negotiations to feel comfortable asking for more money when I knew I needed it to, to expand and ultimately to provide them with a better service. Like, so it wasn't just about, again, it's it's not just about me getting more money. It was about me getting more resources to provide them with a better sort or like a better service. Um, and I wouldn't be able to expand and provide them with more resources without looking at how I was structuring my own life first, because I was just going to burn out. And I think you saw that. I didn't at the time. I was like, I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm appreciative to that, but yeah, that's, uh, um, it's really interesting to see that now because it, um, I, I was really stuck in like, I've got this contract coming up. This is a really big deal. And this is what I like that. And that was ultimately like why I had even contacted you and was looking for help. And then the more questions you were asking me, 
it was like, oh, wait, that's actually not what she's struggling with right now. (laughs) (laughs) So you were kind of on the verge of burnout. um, And there was a bit of lack of balance, like you were just prioritizing work and not life. So what Mm -hmm. specific steps did you do to reset yourself um, and prioritize yourself first? Um, well, I have a lot more, I would say a stricter schedule now. Like I typically, I'm not going to work past six o'clock now. And, and I, um, when I'm planning my weeks out, I plan in time for friends. I plan in time for me. I I will put in my calendar now that I'm going for a walk at three o'clock. Like, because if I don't do that, it just slides right past you. Um, and sometimes, and, and I mean, it's still a work in progress. I'm not, it's, it's not like I'm perfect now. There are still some times where I have marked out the walk in the calendar and then it doesn't happen because something popped up and I'm just like, I'm going to take care of this. And, yeah. but, but the fact that it's there, the fact that I'm thinking about it now active, like previously it wasn't even it it wasn't really on my radar it was just you know well if it happens if I have time I'll go and it can't be like that because work will fill to it will expand (laughs) to all of the time that you potentially have if you don't rein it in yeah yeah and how did you figure out um I just remember like that you focusing on like in the freelancer playbook there's the goal section and stuff mm-hmm. and from that you were able to come up with what your ultimate lifestyle is and how mm-hmm. much money you would need to live that and it yeah. got you like it always gets someone to like really specific like decimal points kind of thing yeah um but what the doing that exercise for you really you came back with that figure and then you knew what your non-negotiables were and you also knew your self-worth stronger within you. And I feel like that allowed you to be comfortable to ask for more money because you you were understanding the value that you could bring to your clients, but you also understood the value of your life. So there was two aspects and I think that was really important. And I'd love you to share that process that how did you get there mentally? Because you did extremely well. Like a lot of people are not comfortable going in asking for, and you don't need to mention money, but like people get nervous and think that a pay rise is five to $10,000. And we get nervous having those conversations, but you, became, you, you had a non-negotiable because you identified my ultimate life is this and this is the income I need to do that, which was also, almost meaning that you had to go in and ask to negotiate this contract to almost double what you were earning. So I'd love you to talk about that mental process on how you got there. Um, so once I went through I remember going through that exercise because that took a while. That was, okay, that was actually a very painful process. (laughs) That was not easy. (laughs) So you're right. Your your homework was brutal, but it was worth it. (laughs) Um, I, because I I worked on that particular worksheet, I want to say for like two or three days. (laughs) Like, 
of thinking about what stuff would cost and what I want. And, um, and, and again, that comes down to like, what, what I want to be able to do in my weeks, what I, and it, and it, I don't know, not feeling guilty about stuff that I want out of my life. Like if that, if, if these are things that I want to be able to do, then I should be able to do them. Um, and these are things that bring joy. So why, why should I not have that? And if I plan, you know, if I plan for these, like this is, I guess it, it's a value. I don't know. I started thinking about my ultimate life in a different way. Like, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to, because there was definitely a shift when I put a, a number to it. And, and I think there, I think some people have this idea that like, I'll, I'll be happy when I have a million dollars, or if I have a million dollars, I can do this. But once you actually figure out like, what do I want to buy on a day to day? Like, if I, you know, I, I like steak, you know, and beef's kind of expensive right now. I want to be able to have a steak dinner every, like every week, you know, like what this is, these aren't crazy things, but like, what's the price tag on it? And so breaking down, like what I like, what I like to get at the grocery store, what my bills are, um, just specific things within the week that you just want to, want to be able to do. And it's not, I had never really, like I had had a budget, like I knew what my, obviously like what my bills and utilities were, but I hadn't actually gone in and added up like everything that also makes me happy and things that I, in the number, it wasn't crazy. Like you sit there and you're like, you know, this number that's going to provide me with my ultimate life. I mean, that, that's <laughs> all of a sudden it becomes so much more attainable. Like once you sit there and look at it and then you're looking at like how you're going to get there, it just, it clicked of like, all right, let's do this. Like this isn't, this isn't a million dollars. This is very achievable. And I can, it, you mean just for that number, I can have everything I want. Why would I not go after that? <laughs> so I think it was a mat matter of just making it manageable. And it all of a sudden it just looked so much more once you break it down on paper and then once you break that down by like clients and then break that down by month and then, you know, where this is going to come from, it just, it all fell into place. And then it didn't feel as overwhelming or it felt natural to ask for that once I had that shift because you, I mean, I, if I, nobody else is going to do that for me, like <laughs> I kind of have to advocate for that on my own. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not just going to fall from the sky. Like, all right, Carrie, this is on you. This is squarely on you. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, and I guess from there then, so now we were ready to negotiate the contract. <laughs> um, right. So right. <laughs> so that, that took like four weeks and then we got <laughs> the contract. Yeah. And it was around like, what do you want in life? Like that I'm pushed back on you. I was like, you're not ready for that conversation right now because you don't know what you're asking for. 
Um, and I pushed back on you and gave you the homework to go figure out your ultimate life, figure out what that dollar fig to, figure is to be able to provide that for yourself and the people that you love and care about. And then it was like, okay, well, you've got your figure. How do you have the conversation? So can you remember how you prepared for that conversation? Um, and it was with the CEO. So yeah, yes, like, yeah. So we you went through of like, what are, I, I remember going through and thinking about um, what, what she wanted, what does she ultimately want to get out of this? What, what are her motivating factors? Um, what's the ultimate value that I'm providing to her and for this old, this organization that's beyond, you know, just a checklist of items that I can build. Um, what, you know, what's, what's the value there? Um, and then, and then it was looking for ways to make that a win-win situation. So, um, so she would, cause I, I don't want, I would never want a client to sign a contract with me and just be like, okay, fine. Like that's, that's not the energy that I want. I, I want excited. Like we're going to do this and we're going to do some incredible work together. Um, and so I knew going into it that the conversation that I was going to have with her, um, I also, I wanted to answer all of her questions, but I also wanted her to be excited about it. Like that was a piece of it of like what we're going to be building and what she's going to be getting out of this, that it's not just, so it was important for me to frame that of, <laughs> so this is not about, oh, well, if you sign this, Carrie gets to have her ultimate life. No, 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 no. This, <laughs> this is, if we can do this, I will be able to build all of these cool things for your organization and we're going to do it together and it's going to rock. <laughs> mm, that's cool. So, so it, it really does change. It shifts that mentality. And, and the way that we even structured the contract was different because my contracts in the past have focused on tasks that I was going to be completing. Whereas this one was not about the task. It was, a, it's about the results. It's all about the results that we're going to be achieving, not the tasks that I'm going to be doing to get there. So um, yes, it still encompasses all of those tasks, but it's not limited to it. It's the overarching, like, this is what we're going to achieve. Can you give an example of like the difference between a task and a result for that, please? Um, yeah. Uh, so, a, I mean, a task would be, okay, you're going to be responsible for our email marketing newsletter. Like you're going to be responsible for updating our website. Um, you're going to produce marketing for an event or something like that. Like where, yeah. whereas now um it it's overarching like so we want to if we're going to be either raising money like how how are we going to get i'm i am now responsible for the messaging for this organization to um i'd have to go back and look at the contract now i don't have it right in front of me but it, it's an it's a certain level of engagement so we're we're looking for more engagement more donors more volunteers more you know like that kind of thing like so now instead of just looking at marketing it's well how many people did we talk to did you know how how much money did we raise as an organization because of these marketing materials like how effective 
are they? And I mean, because I've been doing this for a while now, like I know they're effective <laughs> like, and we, we can track all of that. So I feel confident in basing my contract around that because we're going to be tracking this every step of the way. And if we need to pivot at some point, we can like maybe, you know, maybe one thing that we were doing wasn't working. All right, well, let's change course. Like we, we've got now I have the leeway to do that and kind of move towards what the ultimate goals that they have opposed to well they paid me to do this newsletter so I'm just going to keep doing that like it mm. <laughs> it's so yeah. much deeper than that now um and and I think so ultimately I'm happier I feel like I'm doing much more uh I, I'm I'm providing more of a value I the work is more fun to be honest, like it's more engaging for me because I'm able to like, I'm paying attention to a lot more pieces than I was before. Um, and then ultimately then they end up with a better product. So like, it, again, it goes back to that win-win, like everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. So like what you were kind of sharing there is like the, the results that you're going to get is like an improvement in this like engagement more donations or whatever and through communicating in that way you're demonstrating the value that you mm -hmm. bring to the organization and that you're not just a robot or a task driven individual and that's where it makes sense for someone else to say oh yeah like you're actually bigger than this role statement you're contributing to these strategic objectives and this is the task oh, of how yes. you're going to get there but like right. you're really able to demonstrate strategic objectives and if that's what you're trying to achieve that's why I'm worth the money that I'm asking for as well oh yeah so I think and that and it's funny that you bring up this strategic objectives because since I have even since we've kind of worked together earlier is like as I've been defining the types of clients that I want to work with it's it typically at this point it's going to be a, a mid a mid to a larger uh nonprofit uh with a strategic plan <laughs> because Ooh, if they yeah. and that and that has actually become an indicator to me if if your organization does not have a strategic plan i'm probably not going to be able to help you because you don't know where you want to go um and, and if you don't know where you want to go like i can't tell you that <laughs> and so, so that cool. It, yeah, that's been kind of a cool realization of like, ah, all right, now this is how, like, how I can kind of figure out who's a good fit for me. Yeah. And I think for people listening, like, that's, that's key. That's why we bang on about success statements all the time. Like, we need to know where we're headed. We can't help you. We need to know the problem we're trying to solve. So that, right. Right. Yeah. Is important. Um, <laughs> I just want to summarize that negotiation contract combo thing from what you said, because I think there's some really good practical tips in there. So the first thing was, um, although like knowing your worth and all that kind of stuff is, yes, we've done that homework, but people in terms of the conversation itself, you were, you had a clear intent for the conversation and you said that was things like even down to, I want them to be excited. I want us to be like, yes, let's do it together. So having a clear intent has, helps you to come from the right frame of mind for that conversation for you and for them. So that's really a great tip. Um, another thing was you had worked out 
where they were headed and all the things that you could that you wanted to do it wasn't that you could do but where you wanted to be able to contribute to help them so you'd already yeah. identified that so you had tangible examples of this is the value i can bring this is how i can help you get there then oh, yeah. we also understood um spent some time to figure out what was important to the person you were having the conversation with um what were they personally motivated by so that you could help say the stuff that we just talked about in step two how when you do that it's going to help them achieve their personal motivations and that those three steps allow you to go and we can do that for this is what it's going to cost or this is the investment mm -hmm. kind of that you're going to put in me to help you get there and this is how i'm going to do it so i think that's like some really freaking awesome um steps for people to write down as their homework and go do that exercise for yourself and one thing another uh, i will add to that too which you had told me at the time was figuring out like if if they can't if the client can't reach that price point so if you throw out something and they can't do that then that doesn't automatically shut down the conversation it it was looking at it to as like okay so maybe you can't do this particular package but maybe we can reduce this down like what what is reasonable what can you afford and then i can match up like what i'm offering to match that price so i'm not necessarily just lowering my price it's i'm matching my services to match what they can afford so every yeah. again it's that win-win to like okay but if i'm going to be dedicating this much time to that i i need to have time to go out and pursue other clients so i can actually so i can make the money to achieve my ultimate yeah. life because that ultimately is my goal while i'm helping you achieve yours yeah and that's like for this is negotiating a bigger contract um mm -hmm. but like essentially all we're doing here is refining the scope mm -hmm. that's different yeah. language just to consider refining the scope that's exactly yeah. that yeah yeah and yeah the thing is it's not a no like it wasn't a no and you went in with your ultimate figure and they said we can't do this but we can do this and then you right. refined your scope but then it also created opportunity for future work as well where you yes. had they were like this is like i say the salary side of it but we also need these other things and through that same conversation, you created opportunity that actually allowed you to exceed that figure anyway, like you say. So yes, they're just because they don't say um, yes to the figure that you ask, it's not a no, it's a negotiation and an adjustment to figure out how do you still make that work? How do you create the opportunity? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, any lessons learned that you wanna share like for people? outside of anything that I've asked that you're like, please, this is a mistake I made. And I just want you guys to learn from this or like um, something that you'd be like, prioritize this. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't like, I, I, I think the biggest one I'm just going to say is trust the process because and and it's it's okay to <laughs> not know what you're doing <laughs> or to not feel like you know what you're doing just keep going <laughs> um i 
I guess my biggest lesson learned is to not be as, not be as hard on myself. Like, cause I, and I mean, even, even coming into this podcast, like I kind of had this idea of like, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm doing all right. Like I'm doing my thing, but am I, <laughs> and then to hear you talk about, oh, you had this plan, you were so prepared and you had, so I think sometimes when you do the work, you come across a lot more prepared than what you might actually feel. So if you don't feel prepared or if you don't feel ready, that's okay. Like still take the leap. <laughs> mm. That's cool. What would you say to someone that is literally in their first month of uh, they've either lost their job, they've quit their job, or they're looking to transition and start their Mm -hmm. own thing? Where should they prioritize their time in that first month? Um, I would say picking up the phone and calling people uh, really because it it comes back to those relationships. You I I think. in this digital age, it's really easy to get lost in the Twitters and the Instagrams and the websites. But I think ultimately, when you when you're a when you're a hard worker and when you've done good work in the past, you you have connections, and and sometimes you have connections that you you don't realize. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to put it out there that you um, that you are looking for work or that you are looking to take on projects like and call people and ask for help. Um, I, that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause you, that's probably where you're going to get your first paying client. Um, and people, if people don't know that you're looking, they can't help you or they can't like, or they can't say, Hey, tell me more about that. What about what you're doing? So I, I think it's a matter of like, be brave and put yourself out there and it'll probably turn out for the better. Like it's going to be better than if you don't, because if you, if you don't, then nobody's going to know that you need work and don't have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go forward a little bit. So the same people, they're now doing their thing and they've probably Mm -hmm. about three months in. So they've completed three months they've got maybe one client and they're still figuring things out. Where should they prioritize their time? Um, well, it's a lot easier to keep a client that you have than to get a new client. So I think at that point, the priority should be figuring out more, uh, where are your current clients additional pain points and ask them questions of what, what else is going on? Um, what other projects do you have? in, you know, in the works that you would, you would ideally like to see completed by the end of this year, but maybe you don't have the staff to do it. Um, what, you know, where, where are you, where are you facing challenges and where can I help? Um, just by asking more questions of your current clients, uh, you end up finding more opportunities that you can help and that they wanted help. And it like, basically areas that it's good for you because you're going to have more business, but it's also good for them because they didn't even know to ask that. So you have to kind of take point in, in asking and following up and, and seeing where they're going and what sorts of things that they need. Um, and especially if you, if you've already been working with them, they already know what it's like, what your process is like, what, you know, 
hopefully they like y'all like working together. <laughs> so that, yeah. that would be the advice there is that I think it's a lot easier to continue a relationship and make it stronger than it is to develop one like out of, you know, cold. Fire. That was so good. Um, is there anything on the theme of anything that's come up today that feels unsaid that you would like to share before we wrap up? Um, yeah. Uh, so what's interesting about this whole process and learning about human centered design is it, it's, it spreads. It's something that you end up sharing with others that's outside of like just business related things. So like me and my partner have been working on like what house projects that we want to be doing and like mapping those things out. And like, again, with that ultimate life, like, what does this look like? Um, do we like what kind of house we want in the future? What sort of trips we want to take? What um, he's been able to apply this to his, his business. And actually I like, I, I'm really proud of what he's been able to do in the last few months, just because I, I think we've been able to have more conversations about where we want to go that I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't thinking about it the same way a couple of months ago. Um, so we've been able to have better conversations about where we want to go. And then I think that is also translated to him even thinking about his business a little, a little bit differently and, and how he can make some tweaks. Um, to, Cause it turns out you can also apply human centered design to mattress sales, which is like, <laughs> It applies across the board. I, I am, I'm a, um, I'm a convert, <laughs> but it, uh, I guess it's just a matter of like, once, once you understand going deeper into conversations, it just opens up this whole world of possibilities and it's not just business related. So I think that's the biggest point I want to make that it, yes, it helps with the business. It's been revolutionary for my business, um, but it's also been quite incredible just for my life and, you know, uh, my relationships outside of just business. So <laughs> that's been a really cool side effect. That's awesome. Well, I'm super proud of you and super inspired by you. Um, and even just what you've shared today, I'm just like, oh, like, yes. And I know that it will change lives. Um, so thank you for making the time to add value to the industry and other people that are on similar journeys to us. And yeah, people watching, like the, basically the resources are in the link of the description. A couple of resources that are going to add value to you though is like, if you join the mastermind, all the recordings from previous conversations are in there, including us working together. So if you want to know those scripts and how to negotiate those things in more comprehensive detail in the mastermind, you'll get the recordings of when I was like literally working with Kerry. Um, but I think the most the action that I'd ask for yourself is to prioritize time for doing something as a result of this video. What's resonated? What can you experiment with and put it into action? So prioritize that time, put it in your calendar right now that you're gonna do homework as a result of watching this video. And I'm also gonna ask you to share it with someone that it will add value to because it isn't changing lives. It's changed my life. 
Kerry's life, everyone. So like, let's make the world a better place. And you can do that by sharing this with video, this video with other people. So Kerry, thank you. You're a legend. Thank you for watching. Appreciate. Until Thanks, next Kim. time. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us, basically it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers and what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, could I be a better instructional designer, that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, Aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.